What's up, Flooring Family? Welcome to the huddle. Coming to you every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Central, to discuss maintaining Ford progress in your flooring career. With me today, as always, I say as always, but most days is Jose <laughs> and Daniel Gonzalez from Preferred Flooring out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Also, today we have a special guest, Rachel, and I'm not going to butcher her last name, so... Uh, <laughs> If one of you guys have a, a proper pronunciation, please uh, go ahead. But we're going to be talking about sustainability and going green, um, both from the install side and what that means for us, but also manufacturers and 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 what it really uh, entails. Um, so without further ado, gentlemen, how's how's the week treating you? Um, we it's, don't know yet. It's Tuesday. <laughs> It, well, it's, been, it's is, been a week since we talked. So how did that week treat you? Pretty well, pretty well. Uh, we were able to, to catch up a little bit, I guess, and then find out the things to fall behind on. There you go. As per usual. So, so pretty normal. Awesome. Well, Rachel's traveling today as well. So uh, if um, if we have any, you know, connection issues that that's uh might be expected a little bit but uh rachel if you're there can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you uh do with tarquette absolutely so my name is rachel palapoli i am the director of circular economy for tarquette um i have been in the flooring industry for about 20 years now so um Primarily, my responsibility at Tarquette is to focus on end of life and helping you guys actually collect the old flooring and how to properly do that and how to get it to the collector sorter or to the recycler or back to Tarquette or whatever it is and however we can upcycle or donate or whatever we're going to do with that product at its end of life, but especially to avoid landfill and work waste to energy so thank you very much for allowing me to join you guys today feel free i can't promise you i'm gonna have all the answers but i'll try and do my best well, i think, I think that, have more answers than us yeah that that's that's uh a lot of the questions that we uh i think that we have is is encompassed around the the collection and and where did where does somebody send uh you know end of life flooring so flooring um and is that carpet is it all products what what all kinds of products can be recycled um and sent back to either a collector uh or a uh, or a manufacturer so i mean obviously i would love to tell you that every project that you guys are going to do there's a tarquette floor going in right that would be i mean that would make my life fantastic um and our <laughs> company very happy but obviously we know that that's not the case um so a lot of the times we have a situation let's say where there's tarquette going in but let's say it's a competitor coming out right it could be a shark it's an interface product a millican product so can we help you with that we can so each different product type ultimately can go back to somebody else um to so let's take a pvc back to carpet tile for an example right so that you see a lot of the, us manufacturers make that product and so right now there is a process um where you can separate the fiber from the backing on a pvc back to carpet tile and you're looking to harvest the backing 
ultimately that's the end game there. And it's because the fiber still contains some PVC contamination when you're separating it. Um, you can, let's take Shaw for an example. Shaw will take their products back. So you guys don't necessarily need me on, on something like that. You guys can contact Shaw directly. They've got certain requirements to participate in the program. Um, but if it's a Shaw EcoWorks carpet tile, it'll come back. Um, carpet tile obviously is, is, is fantastic. It's the easiest product that we think that we can collect. Commercial broadland is incredibly difficult. Um, I feel for you. I, I, I can't stand the product myself, but it is sold and it's still laid, you know, every single day. And it, and I, and I, of course, only look at it right from a recycling point of view. Um, you, know, you just jumped up about four points in our eyes as well. So thank you for saying that about Broadloom. We appreciate you. Oh, well, good. <laughs> I, I mean, carpet tile just makes so much more sense. But again, there's a place for commercial Broadloom. You know, I'm not going to completely bash it. Um, residential carpet is obviously a totally different ball game. So, I mean, let's we, we should stick mostly to the commercial side, right? I would think. Well, okay. Yeah, we could talk about both because I think it's important that people understand that there are some differences there and maybe how they can participate if they are a retailer in our audience or if it's a residential um, shop. So, uh, yeah, if you wouldn't mind just what is the major difference from because I know you're going to get into the, the broadloom with commercial, but what's outside of there's adhesive on the backing of commercial broadloom that is probably not apparent on the residential products. Uh, what else is the, the big differences? So on commercial broadloom, it's a very low fiber, right? So typically on the commercial broadloom, the fiber is really just tucked into the backing. And so you're not harvesting a tremendous amount of fiber. So it's interesting. So when you look at carpet tile, what are you looking to what are you looking to harvest? Most of the time in carpet tile, it's the backing. But in commercial broadland, you wouldn't look to harvest the backing. You want the fiber. Well, there's a very low fiber, right? Whereas in residential carpet, well, we all know how high that fiber is. So when you look at recycling it or deconstructing it, you get a tremendous amount of fiber off of a piece of residential carpet. So, so those are the main differences, you know, from gotcha. commercial you know and of course you're right he, he said you know on commercial carpet is just a nightmare for anybody looking to to deconstruct that carpet it's just horrible yeah yeah and there's although we don't like um we're not all the uh biggest fans of commercial broadloom you can't get away from it in the residential world uh and you know, there's still a lot of commercial broadloom that was installed pre-carpet that's still going, you know, hitting its end of life. So we still tear up a fair amount. I'd say uh, the flooring company I, that that I work at, that I own, is um, certainly well heavier or much heavier on the carpet tile installation by far than broadloom. So eventually I'm, I'm saying we'll probably work ourselves out of the broadloom scenario. Um, but anyway, building on that. So the backing is the most important part. Do, do, do we need to know 
or understand the different backings for them to be accepted by a manufacturer? Or is it just if it's a Tarket product coming out, uh, Tarket carpet tile, for example, will you guys take back any uh, or does it have to be a certain type of backing? You mentioned PVC, but there's also already recycled backings on the market. So um, does the actual backing system matter to its capability and ability to be recycled? Yes, it absolutely does. So if we look at another competitor, so let's take a Millican product. Um, most of the time, my only recycling that I can potentially do on that is going to be donation or reuse, right? So, so it's interesting. If you can't harvest the backing through a recycling process, that's when I would ask you guys to look at the front of it, the face fiber and say, okay, how old is it? Does it have another life? Like, would you guys potentially put this in your garage or would you maybe donate it to, you know, um, a poor community or maybe Habitat for Humanity or Restore? And so there's a lot of different aspects to when you're, you guys are facing a, a, a project. Um, Tarquette has some unique printing that's typically done on the backing that as you get experienced in dealing with Tarquette products, you'll understand some of those numbers that we print on the backing that you can kind of know it's Tarquette. Shaw, bless their heart. I mean, they do a great job. I mean, it's literally, it's EcoWorks and it says for recycling dial 1-800-SHAW. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't get any easier than that. Um, Interface typically uses the word glass back and that's G-L-A-S-B-A-C on the back of theirs. Sometimes you guys don't know, but you can always um, email me and say, hey, here's the front and here's the back of it. Any idea who this might be, right? We can't figure out who the manufacturer is. And so you can, you can always sort of rely on some of us in the industry to kind of help you. Most of us are crazy enough that we've got a passion for this, that we don't want to see it go to the landfill. So like I said, ultimately, we would love that it's a Tarquette job. But if it's not, it doesn't mean that I'm not going to help you. And it's because there's grandchildren at some particular point in my future, and I need to protect the earth for them. So we want to make sure that we're keeping it out of the landfill. And if we don't have to incinerate it, that would be even better. Yeah, so there's uh, the, the social responsibility and and aspect of like if it can be recycled let's recycle it and you don't have to be um you know a, a full-on you don't have to fully you know uh think the overall um trying to tread lightly here but as if it's you know global warming and getting into the the whole uh, aspect of the environment to know and at the very basic level if it can be recycled it probably should I mean I guess that's kind of like the the baseline of of being environmentally conscious is throwing your bottles in a, a place where they may end up in your carpet later uh, because a lot of carpet fibers are made out of you know recycled pot bottles uh, there's plenty of commercial products that the whole the whole uh, wear layer is is uh, recycled pop bottles. So th the key, it sounds like to me, is understanding 
the different process or products that can be recycled and then reaching out to uh to you or is there a recycle does does Tarquette or any of the manufacturers have like recycled hotlines that you call or is it just um uh the the your local rep will get you in in you know in uh in contact with somebody that can help you i'm, I'm talking in other markets obviously Sure. So your local sales reps, I, I mean, you know, any of your local reps definitely hold their hand to the fire, right? So, you know, at Tarquette, if you had a question, and let's just say you forget my name and, and you've got a Tarquette project, they they are well aware of our restart take back program. Um, and some of our competitors are too, but with enough of you out there yelling and screaming about recycling, then you're going to trigger a lot of those conversations that may not be taking place. And listen, demand answers and ask questions because there is still some greenwashing out that's going on. But, you know, you mentioned before at the very beginning of the call, I would be remiss if we didn't talk about what are we putting in, right? So this is also where you guys can flex your muscles a bit and encourage your you know, your facility managers, your customers, your end users, if you have that influence to make sure that they're buying from a manufacturer that has a recycling or a take back program. Because at the end, I'm hoping that you guys are in business for the next 50 years, right? So maybe this same customer is going to be flipping that floor two, three times. Well, you would sure like to be able to say 10 years from now, I'm going to go back in and I know it's Tarquette. All I have to do is just get a hold of them and they're going to take it back. Makes your life a lot easier. 10 years from now, um, you know, I can remember doing a project in a hotel in Phoenix where I was able to recycle the carpet, but they were putting down LVT. Now this goes down, this is a couple of years ago when there was no recycling solution for LVT. And I basically looked at them all and I was like, well, just here's the deal. Don't call me 10 years from now because I don't know what I'm gonna do with that LVT that you're putting in, you know, cause there wasn't a recycling solution for it. So, you know, I think, listen, anything that goes into the landfill today, 500 years from now, it's still going to be there. It's not going to break down. It's not going to decompose. And I think that's part of the problem. So I think we all need to do our part to see what we can, we can do to better future generations. Now, when you guys, yeah, when, we recycle, go ahead, when we recycle, are you guys putting them back into the products or are different products coming out of it? Because uh, we have Paul Fisher, um, he's actually from the UK watching on YouTube, and he said that he's noticed that when um, some of the products come back, you know, with recycled contents in them, uh, the science behind it changes, right? And it's he he calls it that it's trash now, but it, I think what he means is just it's not what he's used to, right? So are these products going back into the new floors, or are you guys making other things out of them as well? So let's talk a little bit about um, residential carpet first, right? Where you really can harvest everything. So if you take a nylon six piece of residential carpet, the carpet fiber can go back into carpet fiber. The polypropylene actually gets put back into different polypropylene products. So you actually turn it back into a pellet. And then the filler, which is the calcium carbonate, actually can go into um, concrete, into the aggregate arena so you can call it upcycling it you can call it downcycling it it's a it catch 22 on how you want to word it um what have we done this year you guys i think have been on a call with me where we talked about lvt recycling 
flexible LVT. Mm-hmm. Right now, internally, we don't have a process to take it back and turn it back into LVT. So instead, we're upcycling it and we're making automotive mats, your all-weather automotive mats out of it. So it is giving the product another life. Um, and I think that is you know, ultimately the end game. Um, your polyester is tricky. You know, the, the, the carpet that's made out of water bottles gets incredibly, incredibly tricky. It is recycled in California, but in the rest of the 49 states, it does wind up in the landfill. Wow. I have a question, and it might be a little off track, but um, at what point uh, for all of the recycling will the chemical composition of the recycled products that this is being turned into um, be considered useless or rendered useless? Um, uh, it, when when you say they're making floor mats, it's because they can no longer break it down efficiently enough to use it uh, for, for other items. Is that I just, just so trying to figure out like at what point does the recycling uh, of the product stop and you hit the brick wall? So again, I'm not a chemist nor am I an engineer. So I, you know, I, I know enough to make myself dangerous. Um, <laughs> I would say to you that PVC can be recycled up to eight times before it'll actually start to, I believe, lose its integrity. Call it maybe okay. um, nylon. You know, if you guys haven't ever seen what Aquafil um, is doing here in in the United States, as well as what they do over in Slovenia, is they'll take the nylon six and it's infinite. So that fiber can be turned back into fiber and turned back into fiber and back and back. It's infinite. So it'll just continue going on. Um, one of my biggest hangups when it came to polyester, and listen, guys, Tarquette has a residential line and it's polyester. Okay, so, I mean, you got to call a spade a spade. You know, I'm not trying to bash it. It's just that polyester, it, you know, those old water bottles, in my opinion, and that's mine only, should stay water bottles. Because, again, outside of California, that polyester carpet is going to the landfill. So what was the point in that? We, we made another product, and now it's just going to wind up in the landfill. And in some of those cases, a lot of that's multifamily, right? So we all know that multifamily, what are we looking at? Three years, four years max. Yeah. Short life cycles for sure. One hundred percent. Sorry, guys. I'm just sharing information here. Well, I don't know if we lost Rachel, um, but I would say that um, was it Paul Daniel from uh, UK. Yep. I, I my guess is he's talking specifically about recycled backings on carpet tile because they can be uh more sensitive to old adhesives and and things i mean one of our rules is do not install over old glue just because old carpet tile was there doesn't mean you can pick up a piece of that carpet tile and put a new piece down uh specifically if that old glue was over uh existing broadloom back in the day you could do that uh, obviously Milliken still says you can do that, but most manufacturers say you don't go over, you know, broadloom adhesive with pressure sensitive. There's a lot of issues from plasticizer migration and all that stuff that can happen. But so the caution there is don't take up an old piece of carpet tile and put down a new one, but 
when that happens, the recycled backings are, are, um, we have some, <laughs> I have some personal experience with this. They, they're not as forgiving. They're a little when, more particular. <laughs> yeah. You need to make sure you're following the rules to the T removing all the old adhesive, um, primer or encapsulate the uh, residue that's remaining and then apply your new adhesive and apply your carpetile. Uh, you got to be real careful when you're dealing with recycled backings. And I think that's probably one of the things that I've seen installers say, you know, this stuff is junk. It's not, it's just way more particular. It's got to be done exactly the way you don't have as, you know, you have those products, you can kind of figure out a way to move to get around some of the industry recommendations or standards or whatever. Uh, but recycle backing carpet tile, uh, you don't want to, you know, try to get around anything, remove that glue all the way to the concrete, encapsulate it with the, the manufacturer's primer and then apply your new adhesive in your carpet tile. So I'm just making a, big assumption there that that's what he's kind of referring to maybe it's because i personally have the same <laughs> same uh heartache from a similar uh situation um that I'm, said, I'm sure he's been through yeah he says safety floors but i don't know what they consider safety floors in the uk so gotcha and then um like as far as the recycled contents you know we for this was probably 10 years ago now where you know a manufacturer was like the best thing we started recycling here comes the new product coming out and then they didn't change any of the installation specs and then things start failing and yeah. it's almost like a, a trial and error when you're on the job site and it's it could be something like that too to where the manufacturer thought that things were gonna go exactly the same way and it just doesn't and then you had at least we do we we don't we're not we're not quiet right so we're going to go right to the manufacturer and say hey this isn't working what what do we need to do now yeah. and that's i think that's what a lot of people need to do instead of saying hey this is trash it's more or less hey this isn't working i want to help you guys out with the solution because i don't want to see this failing all over the place yeah and that's a matter yeah. of documenting all the steps too and say this isn't working where did we go wrong this is where what we've done from step 1 till right now um and for the most part, well, I, I, I've done uh, a fair amount of Tarquette and and dealt with their recycle program because we do Bank of Americas. And for Tarquette, they're, they're Tarquette one. So I'm familiar with palletizing all the old carpet and they take it back. Um, I think as an industry, that process getting more streamlined could help, um, you know, you don't want a dealer who's committed to recycling things to have to, and this isn't always, this isn't to say it's just Tarquette or this happened um, just with Tarquette, but when we've recycled products in the past, you can have pallets sitting around for longer than you would like waiting to be picked up and taken. And I think that as an industry, the better we get at this, at the, um, at the process of recycling, the more that dealers will want to uh, participate and and um, because it's important 
to do this. It is important that, like, if it can be recycled, we should recycle it. Like, don't just throw things in the the landfill that can be recycled. But in in practice and in the real world, if it's not streamlined, people are so busy and and time is such a commodity or such an important piece of our life that if if it's not streamlined, if if the if it's not easy, people are not going to do it. And you guys still hear me? Yep, yep. we can. We can now. You, you kind of uh, went away from us there for a moment. Okay. Um. And you're you're absolutely right. If it isn't easy, I, I'm going to lose all of you. So, and, and I understand that. And it isn't. Sometimes it's not easy. And sometimes when there isn't a full truckload, it makes it incredibly difficult. Especially when there's some carpet towel coming out that I'm really not quite sure what to do with it. And then you get a freight quote and they tell you that, you know, from Ohio to Phoenix, it's going to cost you $3,200 to move nine pallets. And you're like, okay, hold on a minute. Like, I really need to think about this. Um, so it, it, it can be challenging and you're right. But the more people we get involved and the more we can stream and build a program. And again, even if it's across competitors, I still think it's the right thing to do. Um, and I think that you guys are going to start to find that you're going to have more than just the banks demanding that you recycle. You're going to have more end users and more clients saying that they want to recycle their products. Well, and, and yeah. some of the projects that we come across, um, like some of the, I would say the govern, government projects, some of that is it, it, right in their specs, it requires recycling. Um, so, it, and it all, obviously it all depends on what material we're taking up. Um, but that's going to lead me to my next question is, are there incentives for the community, for the flooring stores, for installers and clients um, to look at the recycling option versus just throwing it in a, a dumpster? Are, are there you, mean out, you mean outside the fact that you're safe, that you're doing the right thing, <laughs> outside of doing the right thing and, and sending stuff to the <laughs> landfill that'll be there in 500 Correct. years. I, I mean, I, I, I'm coming from the, the real world here, right? Like, some people want to have their name on something and something for to show. And some of the businesses or, or larger corporations where we go in and they have hundreds uh, of hundreds and hundreds or thousands of square yards, they want to not only are they have their their environmental footprint is smaller, but do they have something to show that they're supporting? Is there a program they can sign up for and say, hey, you know, I own this many buildings and this is what we've been doing in recycling. Um, they, they like adding that to the resume. And I'm not saying that everybody's like that. I'm saying I've been asked that question quite a bit. Is well, there that's, that's a fair, that's a fair question. I mean, you know, like I care, how do I show I care if I'm doing it, mm -hmm. uh, on my own accord and in the background, some people, you know, want to display their commitment to the environment. So is there ways that the manufacturer can do some, or are they, I guess that's a good question is manufacturers doing things that promote it uh, or promote the companies that are recycling in a positive manner. Is there anything like that, Rachel? Um, you know, I, I think right now for us, I mean, our biggest accolade there is, is, you know, is the certificate, not only for the flooring contractor, but right for the end user, sorry, um, that you've recycled, um, at, you know, 
and I hesitate because the last time we were on a, a webinar, we had a, a contractor in Missouri, right? That was doing everything without any state EPR bills or anything along those lines, because this was one of the core beliefs that the foreign contractor went on. And it's gotten him further business because everybody knows that he's going to recycle the product. So the facility managers will call him because they don't have to worry about it going to the landfill. You do have EPR, you know, um, you've got it passed in California, you've got it passed in New York. Listen guys, I think I may have you know, said this before, but on a pallet of carpet tile that gets donated in California, there's 35 cents a pound for that. Do the math. Yeah. You, know, you stack and palletize that carpet tile and donate it for to restore or habitat or whomever. Give it away for free. You have the opportunity to potentially make some extra money. Um, let alone you can get rid of it for free in California. We're not going to get charged to bring it anywhere. So, I mean, there is still a savings. Um, and like you said before, it is about doing the right thing. But I, I hear you. Incentives are always nice. I get it. And you want to know what? For those of you who have been around a long time, you used to get paid to take it. Yeah, I know that even Tarkat used to pay me 10 cents a pound to collect the stuff. And unfortunately, those days are sort of gone. Um, is that from the company that's starting with the letter D? I'm sorry? Is that from, uh, was it DuPont? Was that the old company that used to do that? Um, well, well sure, I used to do it. it. Yes. Sure, you had Honeywell, you had DuPont, um, Tarquette was paying, like I said, years ago, when I was collecting for Candace, they were paying me 10 cents pound on Capital. Wow. You know? So, I mean, but unfortunately, those days are gone. Um, Rachel, what, I, am, I know you're getting ready to go, and I just had one last question. Uh, sure. I could tell from the background that you're probably uh, going to have to jump off, That's but board, one last yeah. question. How can we regionally impact? So we're talking California, New York. We're in the middle of the country. These guys are up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. What can we do uh, that is it getting local recycling? Would that improve? Like, what would your dream be? Uh, from a recycling standpoint, because you're obviously very passionate about it. What what could we do from a local perspective to lower the cost of, of you know, shipping a pallet to California, for example? Is there local, is there ways we can lean on our government from a local perspective to be able to recycle in a local manner? Or is that just the technology requires it to go out there? Well, it just, again, it's going to depend on the product. I would say to you that I think everybody needs a win, right? So I think that you guys need to maybe consider taking on a project and seeing how easy, you know, it can be. Um, yes, localized warehouse space would be amazing, right? So that when you do have that, that smaller 500 square yard job or thousand square yards, you've got a spot to put it in where we don't, we can come and swing in and pick up an entire truckload versus just coming in for a couple of pallets. Um, you know, but I do have friends all over the States. So that do do some collections, like I, like we've talked about before in Indianapolis, there's a company that does some carpet collection. Um, and there's somebody in Ohio that does it. Um, so you guys just sort of just need to reach out and just keep asking me questions and, and I'll help you wherever I possibly can because you're right. I do believe in it and incredibly passionate. 
Um, your local governments may be able to provide grants. You know, there's a lot of them that are doing some stuff with recycling right now that they may be able to provide you some grants where you can either maybe get some racking within your warehouses to maybe stack, you know, stack carpet tile or Gaylord boxes or something along those lines. So, I mean, you're, you're right. There's probably some options there. Um, I am going to have to hop off. Thank you so much for inviting me for this, you know, to this. Thank thank you for joining us, Rachel. We appreciate your expertise in this matter because uh, we, we had a lot of questions and, and you did great answering them. So we appreciate you coming on and safe travels. Thank you so much. And feel free to reach out anytime, you guys. You guys take care of me. So, you for now, so, so expect a call from me. You got it. Sounds good. Thanks so much. All right, bye, bye, Rachel. So, gentlemen, so that, was awesome. uh, that was some good information that I I didn't I might not have thought of. So I I, I appreciate her joining last minute. They got some notes here, so yeah, was, I um, I think that it's it's there's some interesting nuggets in there. One being, you know, is are there grants in your local area where you are you could be incentivized? So it may be worth something looking into. Where I wrote that down, so certainly worth looking into. Um, you know what I was saying earlier, and I think Rachel got it. Was you don't have to be, uh, you know, a climate change. You know, we're so divided on some of these issues in America. This one in particular, if it can be recycled, it just makes sense to recycle it. So if we can find ways that are localized and easy, maybe you get a grant that would pay for a warehouse where you and some competitors can go palletize their products and then call a truck once a month or every other month or whatever to come grab a whole, you know, a whole storage unit or, you know, a whole warehouse full of the stuff. So there's there's certainly, I think, some incentives from promoting yourself as a recycler. It sounds like she's got a dealer in Missouri that's successful at promoting yourself as, look, we're going to recycle everything that we can. So less of your products are going to end up in the landfill. So there's probably some hay to be made there from a marketing perspective, not to turn it into just that, but. There's obviously like some, maybe some possibilities there where, um, you know, a lot of big corporate entities want to know their stuff's not just going into the landfill to sit for 500 years plus, you know. So um, I think there's some some uh, opportunity there. You got to work with obviously crews and, and everybody to palletize things um, for Tarcat one when we do the. Uh, Bank of America's for them, we just palletize it and put it in the back lot and then they come and pick it up. Now, it's not always, and she spoke of this, when it's not a full truck truckload, it can take a while for that stuff to get picked up. So uh, possibly a localized collection point in each city could solve that problem and have a, a greater impact. That's just my thoughts. Oh, that's, that's, you're absolutely right. I just wonder why they haven't talked to any of the local uh, like uh, uh, recycling companies. Do they have any spots allocated to that? If, if it's lucrative and they can make money, some of these places might jump onto it. Um, 
Well, I think the only way they'd be able to make money from what she was saying is if they actually like resold it or something. But you know, she had an emphasis on donating. Other than that, you're paying the freight to get it to where it needs to go. But I mean, that's why I asked her about the product because protect all recycled (laughs) product, right? You can create an entire business off of one, you know, one company's waste going into another product that that can go somewhere else. Yeah, there's clothing clothing lines that's that way, 100% recycled products as well, you know. I think we we have, um, you know, one of my purposes for this podcast in for this topic was, it, you don't, because I've mentioned it uh, to other people and they're like, dude, take that climate change crap somewhere else. And I'm like, you don't have to be, some activist to believe in just recycling the most basic items that we are consuming or, you know, using, I should say. So I just wanted to get, you know, a a perspective that if it can be, we should probably try to find the most effective way to recycle things that we can. Uh, She gave some great advice, Uh, you know, engage, Um, talk to her. I think that, you know, a good follow-up um, podcast here in the near future would be, let's see what it's like. What if we both, both of our companies do a project, it's not driven by the specs, we just recycle it and report back on our experience. That could be, you know, very telling, and uh, I'm, I'll do it. I think we're going to have to check into it. I mean, um, the project's got to be, it's got to be right. It's got to be the right one for it. Um, absolutely yeah well i I think it's like in the bid market it may be hard because you know they're focusing on that low bid but if you're going in somewhere and you're that's where the marketing comes in right hey guys like this is what sets us apart we're going to recycle your stuff it's not going to hit the landfill and that could be the tipping point on why would we go with someone that's just going to fill the landfill when this is only you know a couple percent higher and then they can see why that percentage is there as well like this is only this much higher it's because they're going to be recycling so it'd be really cool to send your end user a report once it delivered too yeah you know showing them that you You actually did recycle it you saved this much you you prevented this much carcinogen to enter the atmosphere you know that that's a that's actually a pretty cool point right there like yeah, I wonder how much um, emphasis, you know, I've got some clients in mind I won't mention, but I, I, I wonder uh, if we did that, how, how, how much it would matter to them, but it also feels good to do the right thing. And if you can, and it doesn't cost you an arm and a leg, and that, that has to, I mean, the economics of this thing is exact, I mean, that's why she she stated that it's difficult is the economics are difficult and uh but if it can be economically incentivized by getting clients that care about the 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 fact that you recycle and i think most um people i think most people are down for recycling right i mean it's not like again you don't have to be full-on climate change activists to to believe in recycling this is the most basic um uh 
almost fundamental just idea of keeping stuff out of the ocean and keeping your <laughs> landfills um, with less product in them. It's something that we do at home without even thinking about it now. Like, like my, we, my kids do it. I do it. Um, I remember yeah. going to school and it became a big thing when I was in elementary, but now we have trash and we have recycle. Like, yeah, there's my wife even posted, posted on there, like a list of everything is that that's accepted to go in the recycling and what's not. So, and, well, and it, it's just simple things like that. It's like, is it going to make a difference? Absolutely. Even if it's just this big of a difference, <laughs> it's, it's making a difference, a right? Drop in the bucket is still a drop in the bucket, but what if you could prevent a couple of those drops throughout your time? I think that's, yeah. Well, we ought to keep exploring how how it's. Uh, I'm going to actually try try to find the right project to do it on as well, and just see see what the experience is outside of being in Tarquette's umbrella, which is what it was when we're doing the Bank of America's. You know, you tear it out, and it's required that that product get returned. Um, so getting a hold of a carrier and going through the process and reporting back what that's like, I think, uh, I think that would be good for our audience. Yeah. So yeah. I do want to mention a couple of things. This is a off topic, but we're getting ready to, uh, to do our SIM scholarship again at Go Carrera. So just uh, from now, I believe it's through, I would have to get the exact date, but I believe it's through, um, the end of this year um, that we are doing the, the SIM scholarship again. So we'll start, um, you know, taking applications. Uh, oh, I just was read uh, through December 18th. So we'll be taking applications for that. If you are not SIM, uh, I mean, we'll give you, we'll, we'll give you all the details and, the upcoming episodes as well as on our website and everything about how well, to... I was just there. Like I just went through the two days to sim and it is a lot of information. So um definitely <laughs> yeah that? look at that so nice we we don't just talk about it we're being about it right that's what we're we're here for it's I'm not just gonna say that it's a like he's been a sim for like three years now right yeah almost three years so it's it's a lot of great information, a lot of great people, and I mean, it, anything that you can learn, any little nuggets that you can take away are are really beneficial, and it is very very much focused on the commercial aspect of things. So, um, there was a, a gentleman in in there, and he was like, they just threw me into an <laughs> office position. I have no idea what I'm doing. And the amount of attention that he was able to get one-on-one -on -one to make sure he understood everything that was going on was, it was crazy to see how much they actually cared about him understanding everything that his job that they just threw him in entailed. So, <laughs> I mean, if you're brand new into it, it's definitely great information and we've been doing it for years and it's still great, it's information. Still great information. Yeah. And, and if you're an installer, you get a glimpse. It's it's a good precursor to maybe going into your company and becoming, you know, one of the uh, project managers or an installation manager. It gives you insight into what the office kind of why the office has to make different decisions. I I just think it's good even if an installer wins it. Make sure you go to it and and take a lot of notes 
Um, just a little bit, we'll announce the winner on January 9th. It goes live. The scholarship will go live on Friday. So next week we'll have everything, all the links and everything. So, um, so yeah, we'll be able to uh, give you that information next week. Uh, again, it goes through December 18th and we announced the winner on January 9th. So it's all happening real fast. Uh, it's our commitment to trying to provide at least one scholarship a year to, you know, our, our audience. And, and hopefully uh, at the end of the day, I know that if last year's was really well received and uh, the winner, you know, we've had a little bit of contact afterwards. It sounded like, you know, got everything that you could dream out of getting, going to a class like that. And you just echoed that too, Daniel. So. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a great class. And like you said, even if an installer gets it instead of someone that is in an office position, you can actually, the translation between what an installer doesn't see what goes on in the office could really benefit the installer side too. And then it just gives you that, that push that like, I didn't, you know, I didn't realize that all this went on. So let me be more mindful of of, the office staff. I I went from the field to the office and uh, I, I know that the way the field thinks about the office and, you know, it was a big learning experience and you can shortcut that learning experience if you do become SIM, because like you said, it kind of bridges that the two and lets you know, kind of what actually goes on, how much work it takes to bid a job, win a job, order a job, track materials, set up deliveries, do all these things, make sure the job's ready, all the stuff that goes into getting one project. And um, I think it's it's overlooked by the installation community, frankly. Right. Um, I know I did as an installer. I know both of you guys have mentioned that before and you're an uh, installer. So I think there's something to this, like we we don't know what the office goes through. If you've been in the field your entire life and you win this thing, you're going to get some really good information. So I would I, I wish the best to everybody. And and uh, we're, we're just really happy to be able to offer that again this year. So. Yeah, that's that's awesome. We appreciate that. Like the industry needs. Uh, needs more people to to step up like that, because what what a lot of people don't realize is, like I said, that guy went from an installer to an office position, but as an in- installer, just looking at it, like a lot of these installers, and we've talked about it before, <laughs> just don't have that that type of capital to just drop everything and go do a class or yeah. and pay for that class at the same time. So yeah. it's just alleviating a lot of that stress. So appreciate uh, everything that, that you do, Paul. Thank you. Yeah, we are, are happy to do it and, and love the SIM program, love the FCA. ICA and and what they do over there. Um, so to close out our topic, I think, you know, understanding that, that that often the right thing is not the easiest way. So have a little patience if you go through this and start trying to recycle some of your products, but take Rachel's advice and talk to your sales rep and find the, you know, the, the, get get in the them getting you to the right person uh a lot of times will uh lower your headache uh quite a bit and i'm going to go through it outside of the tarquette umbrella and and see what the experience is like and 
And uh, yeah, hopefully here in the next six months or so, depending on what project we can do it on, we'll be able to report back some of the some of the experience that that, you know, and the headaches and as well as the it feels good. I can tell you that when when you're not sending stuff to the dump and you're not throwing it in your dumpster and you are sending it back somewhere where it's going to get reused, there is a good feeling that comes along with that. So and. Like uh, like Tar she said, I don't know if she mentioned it on here or not, but and uh, they do take other people's LVT too, as long as you know it's not the rigid core stuff. So, what she call it, flexible LVT yeah. is what she called it. So, you know, just save up your LVT and Tarketo take it and start turning it into a uh, floor max. Awesome. Well, we might get uh Rachel's information and share that on uh in our description on youtube and mentioning youtube if you're watching this on youtube or one of our social channels consider giving us a like give us some comments let us know uh what you think about recycling and how you feel it's impacted the industry give us your feedback it's always welcomed and and we thrive on that stuff we read all the comments and uh try to incorporate that back into the podcast and in, in later episodes so consider giving us a like and subscribe this is our first time uh, actually streaming on the actual Huddle Podcast page, too. So, yay! Yeah, it's my first time so watching that page. There you go. You, you got you got other ways and means of of uh, consuming, and I I hope everybody uh, finds value in what we bring uh, on a week to week topic basis. We sometimes take comments. Sometimes it's just a topic that. It comes up from a show and then uh, brainstorming. <laughs> so we come up with the topics as best we can. Your comments really do uh, kind of drive some of that. So if, the, if you have a topic that you'd like us to bring on an expert and uh, chat through that with them in this conversational style and you get value out of this, then, you know, drop us a comment. Tell us what you want to hear about. And if you're an expert, drop a comment. Tell us your yeah. show. <laughs> and and to, so everyone knows we are all about education and everything because we preach that. I just said that I was at the sim last week or the week before, and Crystal's actually over at Nora right now at their certification. So yeah, um, poor poor baby sister. This nice. is her first time traveling by herself, so <laughs> she was like, "I hope I don't get lost." <laughs> she actually has to drive. She doesn't have to. Is, is, is Crystal directionally challenged? I think she was worried about navigating airports by herself because usually when we're when we're with her, she's just right behind us, like <laughs> doesn't even ask questions. She's just right there. This way. <laughs> Follow you right into the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining this week. It's a pleasure as always. I love these uh these uh times when we get to get together and just rap about the industry. Today's topic was I'm not an expert in, and so thank you guys for reaching out to Rachel and getting her on. I think that uh, her insight on you could feel her passion for it, but then she had, you know, she was able to articulate good quality um, answers and 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 how we can go about, you know, improving how much product we do recycle. I, I got to say, her uh, passion for it was somewhat contagious. So you can feel it. You can feel it right through. Yeah. That. All right, guys. 
Well, thank you as always. We'll see you next week. And uh, for all those, it's every every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central. Come join us. <laughs>